learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to WinHers United, your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I am excited that you're listening today. I hope you find this information useful, and if you do, it would make my day to hear from you. Go over to winhersunited.com and leave me a message in the contact form. I would love for you to share your takeaways and your thoughts with me. Now let's get on with what you came here for. This is Season 7, Episode 4, entitled The Healing Process with Erin Neal. All right, so Erin, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today, and we're excited to learn more about you and your journey. Yes, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. You're welcome. All right, so let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. I am a licensed massage therapist. Prior to that, I was actually a chef. I started in culinary when I was in high school, and I was in the culinary field until my until about the age of 28. And then I had the opportunity to go to school, and I wanted to do something where I was helping people. And I fell into the world of massage therapy, wanting to do more holistic work. And it has opened up a completely different world that I'm so honored and amazed is out there. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's a big jump from culinary to holistic massages. So besides going to school, like what led to that change? So cooking is a passion of mine. I was dead set on having a restaurant and even still to this day, it's a goal of mine to have some type of cafe or restaurant. I'm still very much a foodie, but I was getting to a point, I was getting burnt out at my job. There was lots of if you've ever worked in a business in a in a restaurant or known anybody it's kind of unnecessary drama and it can be a very toxic work environment and i was just getting burnt out i was working at a small mom and pop restaurant that really wasn't going anywhere and i was trying my hardest and so having the opportunity to go back to school, I wanted to do something where I was helping people. And I didn't have the time or resources to become a doctor. And everybody that I, not everybody that I know, but I know a lot of nurses. And I, it just, it, it didn't, all the different aspects of that just didn't fall into line of what I wanted to do. And I wanted to help people. I wanted to make people happy and healthy and I would I would and I would think about it in terms of like I know that I'm making somebody happy by giving them this really tasty great plate of food right but what if this person has diabetes and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be eating a plate of pasta at eight o'clock at night you know and so I just I, I I'm a deep thinker so I wanted to do something more holistic and more natural. And at the time I looked for schools of that nature in Florida and I was not able to find them. So massage therapy was kind of the closest thing to that. And I was also at the time my mother was was sick. And one of the things that I could do to help her was just simply massaging her shoulders. Mm. And that helped her calm down from the anxiety that she was having. So that, that kind of locked it in and was like, okay, let's go this route. At least it'll get me into a more holistic natured profession. From day one of massage school, 
six and a half years ago, it was like every day there was some kind of affirmation that I was on the right track. And I've, I've fallen into another passion. And I guess I shouldn't say fallen, but I, I've been placed into a, a, having another passion as a career path. Okay. Good. I love that though. Cause they say, well, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Right. Right. Yeah. And as you were talking, I did hear like how you wanted to make people feel good. And I did think like food is a feel good. So with yeah. food, you were doing what you're right. passionate about. And I love how, like they say, like solving a problem, like you were solving a problem for your mom and also figuring out a path for yourself, right? So I yeah. think it's a great correlation as well. Yeah. All right. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. So um, one, of the, one of the things that, always, that I always remember is I wanted to be a garbage man. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to ride on the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> but... An overall theme was I wanted to have my own business. I just always wanted to have my own business. And specifically, I wanted to have a business where I would stop other businesses from cutting down trees. Okay. Um, holistic, <laughs> holistic even back then, right? Yeah. yeah. I told, I, and I remember telling my, my mom about that. And I was probably six or seven years old. And she was like, oh, you want to be a philanthropist? And I'm like, sure, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> but yeah, I've always, I've always wanted to have my own business. Even when I, like I said, even as a chef, I wanted to have my own restaurant. And I definitely see the, the themes in my life. They, they all seem to intertwine with each other. Yes, I love that. And that's what I particularly love about this question is just to pay attention to those themes and shed light on those themes whereby it's like it may not be exactly what you want it to be when you were younger, but some kind of way it all usually flows. Some people's are night and day, you know, everything is not yeah. going to be for everyone. But for the most part, it usually flows and you understand why certain things happen like i went to my bachelor's is in computer science yet i'm not doing anything with computer science but i did project management so i still do you know management of projects and things like that as a kid i wanted to be a doctor but that's a whole nother story but you know still helping people right and look what i'm doing now so you know it all it all plays a role and comes together mm -hmm. okay so tell us about your upbringing that you had as a child I grew up with a single mother. I did not know my father. My father was black and my mother was white. So I grew up with my white family. Lower income, we really didn't have a lot, but we had each other. Mm -hmm. And I grew, I was born in Columbus, Georgia. And we lived in Georgia till I was about four. And then we moved to Louisiana, small backwoods town in Louisiana, not like glamorous New Orleans, <laughs> but it was, I was living in the sticks. And then around the age of eight, we moved, no, seven, we moved to Florida and settled in Southern Hillsborough County and I've been here ever since. My mom was realistic with me. You know, there were some things that she would just flat out say, no, you can't do that or you can't wear that. But she always told me that I could do anything that I wanted, you know, when it came to dreaming and obtaining things when I get older. She, she never restricted me on anything like that. Okay. Thanks for that. That's awesome. Cause I was wondering, I'm like, when you talked about how at six you wanted to be an entrepreneur, I'm like, I don't even know if I knew what an entrepreneur was, although my grandfather was one, right? I still just wasn't paying attention to that. So that's awesome to hear that your mom instilled that in you at a young age. Yeah. Now that makes me wonder though, just with 
everything that's going on in the world with race relations like how was it though like you know you grew up with your white side of the family but yet you don't necessarily live in it was always for me it was always like in the forefront of my mind it's it's clear that i'm not white i'm not full white and even though i've had some people say well you look like you have a tan and i'm like you're not looking hard enough <laughs> but as a mixed child in a white family it was very obvious to me and being the fact that you know we were living in um georgia and now now in georgia there were we lived in a a larger black community but when we moved to louisiana i was the only little brown girl and i i would get it more so from the outside but internally it was like when things happened and i brought the information to my mother or to my other family members then it was addressed i was brought up with you know you don't judge somebody on the color of their skin and then that was kind of it and you know here and there because it was a white family there thing things would be said not meaning anything but i it would make my ears perk up and i would i was always the one like i don't like that <laughs> like you don't talk that way and i've always just been aware of it and you know that's what it is and especially now i see myself as a bridge because i mean clearly i'm i'm half black and half white so that's that's the two opposing forces right now at this point i'm looking at the way my mind thinks and my mind functions and how how am i going to add to the situation or how am i going to take away from the situation and i feel like teaching people about the healing process mm. about the fact that we carry these generational traumas with us whether you know in my instance whether these traumas are coming from my existence here you know in this lifetime or my mother's side of the family or the african side of my family that has gone through you know tumultuous times and i'm carrying that so it is my job to heal that in this present moment by way of massage holistic living and doing the the internal work to help support myself and my family and then that trickles out and heals the wounds that my father's mother may have endured mm. and so on and so forth and it helps heal generations prior and helps heal generations forward mm. so they're not having to deal with the injustices that either I have had to deal with or my ancestors have had to deal with on either side. I love that. Very well put. And it is, it's a personal journey, right? And it okay. is about still healing. Right? Yep. You heal yourself, you heal other things around you. And exactly. I think everyone else, like people usually like to focus outward as opposed to inward, not realizing that the inward work impacts the outward reality, right? Exactly. Yeah. Great point. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. So in September of 2019, I was 23 years old. And I was coming home from Ybor City and I got pulled over and I got arrested. Oh, wow. Yes. I got a DUI and we'll just say I earned it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was not in the, the right in the least bit. I spent the night in jail. I was supposed to open at the restaurant that I was working at the next day. 
and needless to say, I didn't. And um, luckily, at the time, the the people that I was working for, they were understanding. And it really did um, cause an upheaval of my, at that time, my current situation. I was just working at the restaurant and I was just kind of living my life. And my life consisted of going out and drinking multiple nights a week and driving home. And I'm so fortunate that I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't hurt myself during that time. It really caused me to reevaluate how I was living, how I was hanging out and interacting with certain people. And I, um, you know, I had to go through the whole thing, the whole legal stuff. I was on probation for a year because my blood alcohol level was so high. And it, it made me realize things like I love to dance and I don't have to drink to dance. And actually ecstatic dance is one of the technologies that I like to say that I use to help with my healing process and to help with meditation. But I, I learned that I don't need, you know, alcohol to lower my inhibition so I can dance all night. I learned that it's okay to go to therapy. Mm. I, I learned that it's okay to go to AA meetings, like the things that I learned in the AA meetings, because I had to go to so many of them by law, you know, there were a lot of people that were complaining, you know, like, oh, the, you know, the man's trying to get me down, which <laughs> the man's always trying to get everybody down. But I, I try to take things for what they are. And I was like, okay, well, let me try to get out of, if I have to do this in order to get my license back, let me get as much out of it as I can. And I, it, it was truly a turning point for me and my lifestyle. And now don't get me wrong, I still love to party and I can still get down, but I make sure that I'm not driving home. I'm, you know, I'll stay the night there or I have a designated driver. And it really made me reevaluate where things were going. Okay. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. And thanks for that transparency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to drinking and driving so many nights, you know, I remember times where I drove home with one eye open. Exa I, or Yes. Yeah. It's like, just so it wasn't double. Right. right. Just by the grace of God, I've never gotten a DUI, right? So mm -hmm. definitely can relate to that. I mean, I'm in recovery personally because I just didn't have a limit, right? And I've decided right. to keep it mm -hmm. as a lifestyle. But I do agree with you that you don't need it to be the person that you are. And a lot of times, I think it's a facade where you think that you need it. When I'm finding for myself that I like myself better without it, right? But all along, I thought I needed a drink to be loose and be me when I didn't, right? You know, but you talked about something else I want to touch on, which is, what did you say, eccentric dancing? What is that? Ec ecstatic dance. Ecstatic. Tell me more. <laughs> I love it. So ecstatic dance, I, I don't know the exact exact like definition because it is like a system that somebody created but it's basically they're usually sober events so they don't sell any alcohol you go in and it's all dancing the music plays and it's usually the ones that I have gone to and the ones that I've seen online it's usually kind of tribal electronic techno type music and the music gets put on and you you move however your body tells you to move mm. if you want to jump up and down you jump up and down if you want to wiggle around on the floor you wiggle around on the floor it's really neat when some of the 
because they're usually about an hour and a half to two hours long. And they've been doing virtual ones now because of quarantine. But before it would be like, you know, you go out at night. So you go out to an ecstatic dance and it's like an event and it's a moving meditation. Mm. So you're, you're not talking to anybody. If you want to talk to somebody, if you feel like there's some kind of connection and you want to have a conversation, you get off of the dance floor. Oh, wow. Um, they have little areas where you can like chill and rest. And, but if you're on the dance floor, you're moving in some way. Some people, if they're not experienced in meditation, it takes a long time to get out of your head, right? Mm -hmm. And so ecstatic dance is a really great embodiment practice, mm -hmm. which allows you to take this energy that is just stuck up in your head and it pulls it down into the body and you connect with your body because your body is telling you how it wants to move to this music that it's hearing. And you can really like get in the zone and because I'm a, I'm a dancer and I love dancing and I used, I used to be a go-go dancer and this just, it allows me to dance in a cathartic way where it's just, it's stirring things up and it's letting things go and it's creating this space of healing mm. within the body along with being with a group of people that have similar intentions, mm. their energetics are affecting your energetics, which you're just, now you have a whole group of people that are uplifting themselves and others. Wow. And so yeah, they're, it's, they're incredible experiences. And one of, one of my goals is to host a retreat where each night there's a different themed ecstatic dance and then like during the day there's yoga and wellness lectures and things like that so yeah ecstatic dance it's amazing i love that oh you may have sparked a new question for the podcast what is one of your future goals that's what you just made me think of when you said that i love it thanks for sharing yeah thank you you're welcome. All right. So tell us what you would consider to be one of your strengths and a weakness, and then tell us what you do to get around your weakness. So it, it's kind of funny because this thing, I consider both a strength and a weakness. Okay. It, depend, it depends on who I'm talking to. Okay. So if I'm talking to the world at large, you know, I'm, I'm a good communicator. I express things. I like to think that I express things calmly and to where people can understand them. Now, if I'm talking with my family, <laughs> <laughs> communication tends to be one of my, my shadow aspects, we'll say. <laughs> and there's, tends to be a hurdle with expressing my feelings when it comes to people that are the closest to me. Mm -hmm. And that it's really been one of the biggest things that I've been working on internally is communication. And what I do to get through that is one, I communicate, like I talk. Even if, it, if I'm not doing it right, if I'm maybe not expressing the way I should that's going to get the best result, I still just do it to put myself through it. Because if I'm trying to shy away from it, then nothing's ever going to get talked about. Nothing's ever going to get resolved. So in the past where I've just shut down, I now try to push it open and, okay, let's open it up. Let's, let's try and resolve it. You know, that's when I'm communicating with another person. And then internally, I like to use affirmations. I speak my truth with ease. I am seen, heard, and understood. And I also do chakra clearing. 
And I, I think about my throat chakra being open and I'm communicating clearly. And then I also think about the energy flowing through my other chakras that are going to support an open throat chakra because you can have an open throat chakra and you can be able, to, you may be able to communicate and say your truth, but if you don't have the other ones supporting that, it may be coming out in a toxic way. It may be coming out in kind of a, a shadow form that may not be receptive to the person that you're trying to communicate with. Mm. So I, I try to use the imagery of my energy flowing freely. That way, anything that I'm trying to communicate is going to come out easier and it's going to come out more understandable for the other party. Okay, thanks for that. Yes, and I will agree. Like, as I was listening, I'm like, she talks so like you don't rush right like you're clear and you're and calm right and smooth with it so I like that Thank you. Now you said something twice and I don't I'm not sure if I know what it means right so look it's I'm, but I'm gonna put it on the listeners we all might not know okay. <laughs> what do you mean when you say shadow you were talking about a shadow form did you say right so the you have light and you have shadow, right? And it's just, it can be looked at as, you know, kind of like yin and yang, right? Okay. So like the, the duality of things, right? So you may have a light aspect of a piece of your personality and then you also have a shadow aspect of that bit of personality, right? And the shadow, you can consider it negative, but it doesn't always necessarily mean bad, right? Oh. So I use shadow in place of weakness. Okay. Because it's, it's not necessarily something that's bad. It's just something that needs to have the light shined on it. Mm, in order for it to come to light so it can be resolved okay. so that's what i mean when i when i say shadow aspect i like that yeah nice nice, nice. all right so tell us about something that you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally hmm. everything all of it <laughs> i love it so i'm currently focusing a lot on meditation and kind of meditation in the classic sense of taking a period of time and I'm sitting cross-legged. I usually do it outside. So I'm on the ground and I'm connected and I'm grounded. And then just focusing on my breathing. And then that way I'm able to go in internally and quiet the ego, quiet the monkey mind. And then that way I can have that connection with my body. I can create that connection with the earth. I can create that connection with the heavens above. And then I become a, a conduit of that flow of energy. Then I also, I'm I try to always have an awareness of what I consume, whether that be dietary or that be what I'm listening to on, you know, the radio. What type of music am I listening to? What's the intention? What's, what are the lyrics saying? As well as um, podcasts and um TV, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I really avoid watching the news and the the types of things that I use to entertain me, like what kind of, you know, movies am I watching or, and, and things like that. And it's not to say that I don't watch things that are full of drama or anything of that nature, but I like to be aware of it. So I understand if I'm consuming too much of it, I need to shut it down and I need to 
listen to some meditation music or something like that. So I'm um, being aware of what I consume, whether that be mentally or, you know, dietary. So um, there's that. And then also making sure that I'm getting plenty of movement on a daily basis. As a massage therapist, when I'm working my normal schedule, I, I'm constantly moving. It's constantly a physical thing. But now because I, my schedule has been cut down to almost nothing, playing with my daughter making sure that I'm stretching on a daily basis. It's physical movement is one of the easiest ways to allow emotions to flow through our bodies mm. and not just flow through us, but flow out of us. And if we want to not carry around this weight of stress, we have to move. We have to be physical. And it's not just like your classic go to the gym exercise, which that falls under it, but it's so much more than that. It's going out into the garden and, you know, getting down on your hands and knees and working in the garden or cleaning out your closet, <laughs> you know, can be something physical. It just, it's all about how we perceive it. Mm. Um, but getting the body moving is really, really important to my well-being. Okay. Thanks for that. Listening to you reminded me of a saying that I heard years ago that helped me to even change, like you said, the music I listened to, had to change the TV shows that I listened, that I watched because my life was already personally full of drama. Then I was watching all of these reality shows and I'm like, this is too much drama. Look, I already got it personal. Now I'm bringing it in for people I don't even know, right? But the saying was garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. And that really yep. stuck with me, garbage in, garbage out, right? Because I remember, like, I went through a whole party phase. My party phase lasted a lot of years. Don't get me wrong. I love a good party, but I mean, like, really clubbing, drink, just yep. all the way, right? And yep. I realized, I felt like I was being hypnotized by the music on the radio at one point in time. Because let's say I didn't even want to go out, and then you turn on the radio, and it's like, party, 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 let's all get wasted, and next thing you know, I'm like, hey, girl, let's go out tonight. You know, so it's real. That's, right? it, that's it's it. Real. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, just jumping in to let you know that you want to listen to the entire episode so that you can hear the special offer just for you at the end. All right. So tell us about your morning routine. So my morning routine, as soon as I wake up, as soon as I realize that I have woken up, I say gratitude and I try to do that as often as I can. That way it's like, as soon as I wake up, I realize the opportunity that I have. And even if I'm not going anywhere or doing anything that day, it's like, I have been afforded the opportunity to live another day. I have unlimited possibilities. And if I can wake up and say, I'm so grateful for this bed that I'm laying in. I'm so grateful for this roof over my head. I'm grateful for the water I'm about to drink. I'm grateful that I get to wake up next to my boyfriend and I get to wake up next to my daughter and just you know, whatever is in my general vicinity, if I can say gratitude towards it, it really sets a good tone for my day. And then from there, I wake up, I go to the bathroom, and I will, I check my social media. And I know that I've seen a lot of other people's morning routines, and they're like, I don't check my phone until an hour, an hour after I've woken up. And that's fine and dandy. Like I've tried it <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not at that point in my life and I'm okay with that. So I, I try to spend a limited amount of time on the socials first thing in the morning, because I know that it's not the best thing for me. But after that, I go immediately into meditation. Then I Actually, I, I hydrate before my meditation and then I try to get some sunlight. 
So I try to go outside and I sit in the corner of my yard and I try to meditate there. If not, I'm just in my living room. But the hydration, meditation, and then some kind of movement. So whether it's a little bit of stretching, if I'm outside, it happens automatically. Like sitting on the ground makes me want to move. And it was funny, I was doing a little bit of breath work with my niece today. And I was like, we're going to go sit outside on the ground so you can connect, so you can ground, so you can feel rooted. And as she was sitting there, she was like, I feel like a cat. And it was because she felt like she just needed to like contort and move and like roll around on the ground. And I'm like, that's, that's because that's, your body wants to do that. But we're stuck sitting on couches or sitting looking at our phone and we don't usually allow ourselves to kind of open up like that. So when I go and I sit on the ground and I meditate, after my meditation, it's natural for me to like start twisting and now I got to move. And then I just kind of go into a mini yoga stretching session of just my own flow that I'm, I'm just listening to my body. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing is just listening to my body. So hydration, sunlight, meditation, and some kind of movement. It's never the same order, but to that effect in the morning. All right. Thanks for sharing that. And I love the key point that you made as far as I've heard people say, don't do this, but I'm not there yet. The point of this question is to hear what other people do. And it's, it's some similarities and it's some differences, right? And it's to show that there are usually similarities to successful people, but then everything is not for everyone. So right. it's okay to be okay with who you are and where you are and what you mm -hmm. want to do, right? Because yeah. if you feel like you need to change, then you can change, but you should never be doing anything because of what someone else says, because then you're basically being their puppet, right? You have to feel exactly. it. You have to want it. You have to believe it in order right. to actually adopt it. So I love that. All right. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened to. So it was nonviolent communication. Hmm. And I'm still in the, I'm actually reading two books. So I haven't finished that, but it's very eye-opening for somebody who believes they're a good communicator, but also knows that they're not a good communicator. And it's a book that everybody should read because there are a lot of things that we do in our normal communication that we think is okay, but it's really promoting violence or hmm. it's promoting aggression. But we don't realize it because it's just, it's, you know, what we've, what we've grown up with. And then the other book that I'm reading is The Yoga of Jesus. Hmm. So basically they're talking about the second coming of Jesus. They're talking about that happening within oneself. Hmm. About us realizing that we are Christ conscious or that we have Christ consciousness and finding that through movement practices, i.e. yoga. I'm in the beginning stages of, of that book. So oh, nice. I like that. All right. All right. So you mentioned personal affirmations. You shared a few with us. Mm -hmm. Do you have another like particular favorite one that you like to share? Yes. I am rooted, aligned, and uplifted. That's the one that I've been reciting for like the past five days. Okay. And I'm doing this as I'm sitting outside. So I'm on the ground. My butt's, my butt's on the ground. I am rooted and then aligned through my body and then uplifted. Nice. So it's this, it's kind of this image of I'm secure and rooted through my base then through my body I am aligned so the energy is flowing freely through my body and then I am uplifted 
And so then the energy flows up and out. Nice. I like that. All right. All right. So tell us what you do to stay on the cutting edge in your field. So luckily, as a massage therapist, in order to keep my license, every two years, I have to obtain 24 hours of continuing education units. So if I want to still be doing what I do body work wise, then every two years I'm having to go through classes. I've learned about Thai reflexology. I've dabbled in neuromuscular massage, which is having to do with the nerves running through the muscles. Most recently, I did an acupressure course. Hmm. So you have acupuncture, right? And that's done with the needles. And that's basically becoming a doctor. Then you have acupressure, which is something I can perform, which is simply pressing those points that normally would be stimulated by a needle. Mm. Now, when you're stimulating it with a needle, it's more precise. And you're also able to kind of tweak the energy. With acupressure, you're, stimu you're stimulating the energy meridians that run through your body by either holding them or pressing them precisely. Once again, I feel that I'm very fortunate to have a career where I have to do CEUs. Some people think that having a career to, that you do CEUs is a waste because, oh, you're just spending more money. And I look at it as investing in myself. I'm, I'm required to learn, so I'm happy to do it. I love that. I love learning, though, and I believe in lifelong learning, right? Some yes. people don't. Like, yes. they want to be one and done and stick with what they know. I don't subscribe to that, so I believe that that's excellent as well. And I remember reading or watching, I think it was a video where this lady was talking about the importance of massage. And I think she was actually even equating herself to, or she may have been a doctor, but like talking about how massage is so important for health and it should be a part of like a weekly or bi-weekly yes. ritual. Like, and this is yes. totally script. But can you talk more about that for people that may not, cause she was saying like, if you do it right, you're going yes. down. Something about your blood, Flowing, yeah. anything else? So, so massage isn't just for relaxation. A good massage can literally affect just about every body system that you have. Hmm. First and foremost, we're going to be affecting the muscles. So we're going to loosen up and relax those muscles that are tight because of mental stress, physical stress, emotional stress, right? All of those things are going to manifest physically in your body. Then as we loosen up the muscles, then the connective tissue is going to start to ease up as well, depending on the types of massage you're getting, right? And then that's going to ease up, we'll say, joint pain. Hmm. Then from there, we're also stimulating blood flow. So we're going to maybe even out blood flow. You may have high blood pressure and we're going we're gonna to regulate that. Then it even goes into, well, if we're relaxing the muscles, what else runs through the muscles? Well, your lymphatic system. So we're going to relax those muscles your lymphatic system is going to flow easier. Usually you get off the table, you got to go pee. Then from there, as it trickles down, as you're getting the massage, your nervous system starts to regulate. Mm -hmm. And you get out of that fight or flight mode and you turn on that rest and digest, which lights up a whole nother body systems that only function when you're in that rest and digest. If mm -hmm. you're constantly in a state of stress and you're constantly in a state of fight or flight, 
your body, even when you're sleeping, you know, people talk about they can't sleep or they can't, they don't feel rested after they wake up, then you're not getting to that point of rest and digest. It's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. You want that parasympathetic nervous system to kick in because that's your rest and digest. And that's when all of the body systems can start to work together to promote inner healing. You know, if you're constantly, if you're trying to work on yourself and you're trying to meditate, but you're constantly in a state of stress, it's tough for your body to get to a point to allow for that healing to happen, mm. right? You may understand it up here, but your body doesn't get it. Your body still thinks that you're, you're stressed out, but like in your head, you're like, would you just calm down? <laughs> well, you got to get your body and your mind talking to each other, right? And so body work and massage is really one of the most primal forms of healthcare there is. Mm. You know, when you're when you're a baby and you cry, what is what does your mother or the caregiver do? You get a pat on the back mm. or they rub your back. When you when you're a kid and you you fall on your knee, what's the first thing you do? You grab it and you rub it, right? Like it's inherent within us to have positive physical touch as a way to promote healing in the body. Mm. So it's it's I consider it a necessity. And once again, one of my goals is to have some kind of facility, a wellness center where these types of things are accessible to everybody, not just rich people or not just people that live next to a massage place. I believe that we should have the ability to get this out to everybody. Thanks for that. So how often would you suggest like a person, like if money wasn't a problem, to, to get a massage? <laughs> if money wasn't a problem, yeah, once a week. That okay. would be, I, you know, that would be really, really great. But what I like to tell people is once a month. And then I want to hear that you're stretching every day. Mm. I want to hear that you're getting some kind of physical activity on a regular basis. I want to hear that you're using a tennis ball to roll out your sciatic nerve or to roll out your glute because your sciatic nerve is acting up. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with like, come and see me, you know, once a week because I'm the only one that can help you. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I want you to be empowered to help yourself. I want you to know that you can do certain things to help yourself without me. Yeah, come and see me once a month because there are certain things that you can't work out by yourself. But there are things that you can do to work out by yourself. Okay. So, All right. That was good. Good, good, good. All right. So tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you overcame. My toughest struggle, asking for help. Okay. And I didn't realize that that was actually a struggle of mine until I had gotten a life coach. I was working with her and I did like a three month thing where I was working with her. And she made me realize that I had an issue asking for help. And she was like, why don't you just ask for help? And I'm like, and it, was, it was like, this whole thing came down on me. Like, yeah, why don't you ask for help? It even got to a point where my back had went out mm. and it had become such a problem that my mom was like, do you need some help? And I'm like, 
I could barely bend over and pick up the dishes out of my dishwasher. And I'm like, no. Oh, wow. And she's like, just let me help you. (laughs) And that started to open up a whole kind of can of worms because I was always like, if I want it done the way I want it done, then I need to do it. Especially, and I, I think being a female working in the restaurant industry where I had to deal with a lot of men, I was very self-sustained. Like, mm. no, I'm going to f- pick up this 40-pound case of chicken and nobody's going to help me. <laughs> Nobody. And so I think that definitely came from that. And yeah, even even a couple of days ago, my boyfriend was like, I know how to do this. <laughs> you don't have to help me. And I'm like, okay. And I ha- and I I got I had to do like deep breathing and I had to just walk away because <laughs> he was helping me and I had to let him help me. But having a coach helped me realize that and she helped me work through it, helped me figure out things to work through it. Mm, so Yeah. Yeah, I can relate. Totally can relate. I remember when I got married, I was the night before my wedding trying to print out programs, like literally so many things because I didn't think anyone else could do it right, you know, and and it's control. It's, a, it's some control issues there, right? And it was setting me back because people could help. And then at the end of the day, your peace of mind is so much more important than whether it's done exactly the way you want it, right? So learning how to let go is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that. All right. So have you had an aha moment lately? And if so, can you share with us? I realize things happen for me and not to me. Nice. Yeah. You know, with all this personal development and inner working, I was trying to, you know, come off that victim card, trying not to do that. And then realizing that I was kind of falling just back into that rhythm and realized that everything around me happens, you know, for me, not to me. I love that. That's, that's a great one. All right. So do you have a recommended resource to tell the listeners about and tell us how you use it? YouTube. (laughs) I know it's nothing special, but YouTube has a lot of resources. That's where I started listening to podcasts. That's where I started doing yoga. You can look up self-care tips and tricks there. I have a YouTube channel where I do self-massage tips, uh, wellness tips. But for me personally, I use YouTube all the time. I listen to music on there. A musical artist that I listen to, his name is Parangi. He does live medicine strains where he plays his music and he uses a lot of indigenous instruments Mm. so it is very much ecstatic dance music Mm. there's a wealth of information sometimes you do have to you know play a bit of a video to see if you like it and i recommend people do that you know watch a little bit especially if it's something having to do with stretching or yoga watch a little bit of it make sure that you're able to do those things but there's there's so much free information on youtube especially if you're looking for those things okay thanks for that yes there is a running consensus you just gave me another idea because i'm totally into data so you just made me think of possibly listening to all the podcasts to see what people suggest and see what percentage of women suggest youtube because a lot of people do and there's a lot of information youtube helped me to become a plumber with my first house and fix my shower right that's not working 
So yeah, it was excellent. So yeah, I, I highly recommend. Yeah, awesome. All right. So tell us what your favorite quote is. There is no try, there's only do. Oh. Do you know who said that? Yoda. All right. A lot of people, they tell me as I'm either working on them or, or working with them, yes, I'm trying to focus on my breathing. I'm trying to practice meditation. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And it's like, you're, you're either trying, you're either doing it or you're not doing it. You know what I mean? So like, even if you're only doing it for like a couple of minutes a day, like you're doing it, like realize that and take note of that. You know, some people think that if I don't do the full 30 minutes of whatever it is, then I'm not doing it. Like, no, you're attempting, you know, you're getting up to bat. You just have to allow yourself to follow through with it more. But the main thing is that you are doing it. You know, mm. you're not trying, you're doing. And I think more people need to, realize that <laughs> i love that so that sounds like like maybe people need to learn how to give themselves more credit right exactly, I mean, especially yes. if they are and i think we live in a society where it's like all or nothing but oh, is yeah. it really true is all or nothing really true right because mm -hmm. baby steps lead to big steps so yes. do we discredit or we've been taught to possibly discredit yes. our baby yes. steps because we're so worried about the big step, but it takes all of the baby steps to get to the big step, right? So that's an excellent summation of that. Yeah. All right. So before I let you tell the listeners where they can find you and all of your information, I like to ask what I consider to be fun questions. Mm -hmm. And they're around travel because I love travel. So this is like my selfish, this is my selfishly fun part, right? Yeah. So can you share with us what was your last vacation? What's your favorite vacation spot and where you hope your next vacation will be? Let's see. My last vacation was um, official vacation. We went to New Orleans. We really enjoy historic small towns. So prior to that, we had went to St. Augustine and then we had went to Key West our next venture is supposed to be Savannah, Georgia. Okay. I would also love to go visit Sedona, Arizona. That's been, yeah. that's been an area that has, it's been calling to me. That artist Parangi, he's from Sedona. There's a few other people that I follow and they're from Sedona and they're like, like natural holistic healers. And it's also, it's a very energetically active place. There's a lot of uh, healers and mystics and thing, uh, people like that that are attracted to that area because of the Native Americans. It was a, a holy place for them. It was a sacred place for them. Mm. And it's a place that I would really enjoy visiting. And I know I will at some point. It, it, is, it is calling my name. Nice. I love it. I love Savannah too. It was really cool. I've been there because my grandparents lived near there. Yeah. So you, did you say your favorite place? Key West? Did you say Key West? Oh, my favorite place. Actually, I would say St. Augustine. I really, okay. really love St. Augustine. And honestly, I really love going to New Orleans. All right. Well, Erin, I totally appreciate you sharing with us, educating us. I learned so much personally, and I hope the listeners do as well. But before I let you go, do you want to tell us where we can find you? Any events, offers, anything that you may have going on? Right. I would like to offer people, if they contact me and mention the podcast, I would like to offer a free Reiki session with breath work and meditation. Reiki is a form of energy work. So if you would like your chakras balanced, I can do that for you. As far as following me, I have a YouTube channel, which is just Aaron Neal, E-R-I-N-N-E-A-L. And then everything else, Facebook, Instagram is Aaron Savannah Neal. So Savannah is my middle name. 
and I have a business page on Facebook and that's just Aaron Neal LMP. All right. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your journey with us. Yes. Thank Thanks for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. Go over to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast and check out the segment for this episode. There you will find Erin's bio as well as her email address so that you can take advantage of the free Reiki session that she offered. Send her an email today and don't forget to mention When Hers United so you can get your free Reiki session. As always, be empowered and empower on.